So I want to just dive right into our second part. In our first part, uh, we talked a lot about desire and passion and a hunger and a thirst and why you need Holy Spirit and you need to stay filled with the Spirit of God. When you study the Word of God, you'll notice that on the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church, that the Bible says there, the sound of a mighty wind came, and it looked like tongues of fire came upon each person, over 120 in the upper room, and they begin to speak in other languages that they didn't know as Holy Spirit gave them utterance or was allowed to flow through them. They were doing the speaking, and it started something that has that revolutionized uh, the 12 disciples. In fact, Jesus told them, do not go out into ministry. They all knew they were called to ministry. Do not go out into ministry until you are endued with power. And so they waited in that upper room, and then something happened. Let's just stop right there. If you want the life that Jesus has prepared for you, you're going to need not just to be born again, but you need to be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of praying in other tongues, which is a, a prayer language, a meditation language. And do not allow people to make you feel weird about it or bad about it. I mean, we know that Paul said, I pray in the Spirit more than you all, but we have no example of him doing it in public or creating being weird with it or doing anything weird at all. The only thing unique about the Apostle Paul and Peter and the others is how Holy Spirit would show them things. None of them ever said, thus saith the Lord. They would just walk into situations and begin to talk to people. And people sense the authority and the presence of God when they did that. And so a lot of people can get in the ditch on both sides. Very mild of truth, Two miles of ditch. They either get too legalistic or they get too crazy. But spirit contemporaries being spiritually alive. And then at the same time, contemporary and relevant. Uh, so that wherever you go, that people won't even know what it is flowing through you, but they'll want to know more about it. I know business people in board meetings and, and creative meetings. that They're just incredibly creative. They're just incredibly uh, good at governance in the board. Or if they're in the C-suite, like a, a CFO or a CEO, people just can't believe their ability. Uh, and the people don't say, well, first say it the Lord. They just flow in this incredible capacity and ability that Holy Spirit brings. Moms, dads, as they're parenting children, um, you know, there's just something about them that's so unique, so filled with joy, their kids are attracted to them and want to hang out with them, where others are just angry and yelling and screaming and laying down rules in such a way that kids want to get away from home. But when you are filled with His Spirit, okay, and, and one of the most important things to do is to pray in the Spirit in your prayer time, in your alone time, so that you have a way of releasing the will of God as you pray. Now, if a lot of you have been taught this and walked away from it, and others, this might be new to you. But let me just dive in and teach a little bit, and I just pray the Spirit of God will bring a revelation to you uh, in this area. In 1 Corinthians 14, in verse 18, the Apostle Paul says, I thank my God. I speak with other tongues, Okay, which I call this prayer language, because we don't use the word tongues in modern English like that. I, he says, I speak in a heavenly language more than you all. Now, 
If Paul got incredible miracles and spoke with Jesus face to face and got revelation that no one told him, but he wrote the epistles under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he talked with Jesus, I mean, then if he needed to do this, then we do too. So it's not Holy Spirit speaking through you like in the world, you know, an evil possession or something. No, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, you are praying the perfect will of God that you don't know with your own mind. I don't know what to pray for today when it comes to our church, television, what's going on. You know, my kids, my grandkids. Uh, but when I pray in the Spirit, Holy Spirit can pray God's perfect will. And, and, and that's what's happening as I'm praying the utterance that's coming from him, from my spirit. And it's just a stunning thing. Uh, it says, the Amplified puts it this way, that my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, is praying. And what's exciting is that 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and my understanding also. You see, there are it's talking about two different things. I, I pray lots for people, speaking the word over them and praying the Ephesians 1 prayer, Ephesians 3, Colossians. I, I love praying in English, but I spend a lot of time just praying in my prayer language my heavenly language. And when I do, it's a form of meditation. Everybody is enthralled with meditation. I was uh, in uh, the mountains here in Alberta and uh, in one of the towns there, and many of them are so full of New Agers who are, they just see the mountains as unique and calm and and they you know so I was looking at I was actually looking at a meditation mat and and I, and I was walking through looking at this and what is that for the guy said oh, that's for meditation don't you meditate and I said oh yeah you meditate and then he told me his meditation rituals and I said oh yeah I meditate in fact I said Christians we have a prayer language that God gives us that we can pray the heart of God the will of God and we get so centered that that, that hurt and heartache and fear and confusion, they leave. And God's peace begins to reign in our heart. God's joy. And we can keep it there. We don't we get up off the, off, you know, up from meditating and praying in our prayer language. It doesn't just leave, which is what happens. They can meditate and find some peace for 15 minutes or half an hour. Then it's back to the crazy world in their mind and their emotions. But for us, it stays with us. And so as I explained to him, and I'll do it another time, this guy's eyes got bigger and bigger. He had no idea that Christians were so up on meditation and that the Spirit of God would help us and do these things with us. But Jesus very clearly says, John 14, that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, you and I will do because I go to my Father, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now, it's fascinating to me that Jesus says we're going to do what he did. Well, if we're going to be like Jesus, and Jesus needed to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of God came upon him, 
And then he began to walk in the supernatural flow of the miraculous. If Jesus needed it, then so do we. Don't let any preacher or denomination talk you out of it. It's something beautiful and special and powerful. And when you use it with wisdom, because 1 Corinthians 14 says that we should do things properly and in order. In other words, he's not saying to be weird and crazy. He's saying, you just be you, and Holy Spirit will help you to win people uh, and, and help you to see incredible ability flow off of you, and they won't even know what's going on. And I call that spirit contemporary, spiritually filled with the Spirit of God, but contemporary, relevant, knowing how to work in a boardroom, knowing how to work on the street, uh, as you're chatting with somebody, knowing how to talk to your neighbors, knowing how to, 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 to love your wife, your kids, your friendships, etc. Holy Spirit, he empowers you in all of these areas, and you just look better than you are. Uh, you flow better than you are. And when people finally go, what is it about you? You can just go, well, actually, it's God in my life. And you'll get an opportunity at the right time to share with them why what's flowing in your life gives you such an unfair advantage. Now, the new birth is a gift to the unsaved world, okay? That's what Jesus talks about in John 4, this well. And in, in the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So loved who? The world. But now he's talking to his disciples in John, and he's telling them that he was going to send them the Holy Spirit and that he would be their helper and he would be their comforter, their advocate. He would be their emergency standby. The power, they would have power. All of this would be in their lives. And so Holy Spirit is a gift to born-again believers. And so this promise of the Holy Spirit is to you and I. And John 7, 37 talks about it. It says, on, that la on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me now, as the Scripture has said, now out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. You need to know that salvation is for the world, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, that second incredible act of Holy Spirit where he comes upon you. He's within you at salvation, but he comes upon you and around you, and it says, and within you. It's just this incredible uh, ability that you have now it's stunning. And then it says in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Don't ever be afraid of the demonic world. They will speak with new tongues. Now, this new tongues is talking very clearly about what 1 Corinthians 14 is saying. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And so this is the prayer language, where when we don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit guides us from our spirit, and our prayer takes on the perfect will of God. And uh, so it's something you need to look into and get excited about. Now, what benefit is exercising this beautiful language of praying in other 
tongues, other languages. Well, let me give you a few that completely impacted my life. In Jude chapter 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Wow, did you know that praying in the Spirit, it does something to your faith. Faith comes, okay, you've been all given the measure of faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but there is a building up, an energizing of your faith. And sometimes you feel stagnant, and so I know the Word of God, but it doesn't seem to be working in my life. Praying in the Spirit daily, and whenever you can, when you get alone, and just pray in the Spirit. There's something that goes on on the inside of you as your faith begins to be built up on your most holy faith, and you begin to use it for things. Faith wasn't designed to stay in you. It was designed for you to speak to mountains, to get up and walk by faith and build and, and do things with your life. Another thing that is very interesting about praying in the Spirit is in Luke chapter 3 and verse 17. It talks about that the chaff will be burned from the wheat with unquenchable fire. Well, the only unquenchable fire is Holy Spirit. And so he burns off the negative accumulation from your life. Now, it's interesting to me that wheat is the part that you want from this stock, but the chaff you don't want. And so they would always try to figure out how to get the chaff off the wheat and, and use that wheat to make flour, etc. And it says here, the chaff he will burn with unquenchable Fire. It's talking about the fire of Holy Spirit. Upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost, it set, looked like tongues of fire. On Jesus, it looked like a dove, the appearance of a dove. Why? Because he was already pure. But this fire that came upon the 120, it burns off the dross, this negative accumulation of worry, this negative accumulation of fear, a negative accumulation of uh, I'm not feeling good about yourself and low, low self-worth, temptation and, and addictions and, and things that just you can't get your mind off of. And, and so sin just keeps attracting you and you, you can't even hardly even focus in life. All of these things, this chaff, it's the stuff you don't need, don't want in your world. Praying in the Spirit just begins to burn that off. And you begin to rise up desiring God, hungering for more, thirsting after more. This is such an amazing thing that you need. Another thing that praying in the Spirit does, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue, hmm, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Did you know that praying in the Spirit and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, that brings a refreshing. I mean, it refreshes your attitude. It refreshes your ability to rise up and deal with problems and, and not go south. Ah, your marriage, raising kids, business. I mean, being in a situation where others are like worried and freaking out and you're just calm and, and everything's fine. This refreshing, it, it just strengthens you. I was on a plane one time and we were coming into a, a city here in Canada and uh, I'm sorry, we were taking off. And as we were taking off, you know, when you get to that place where once this jet has gone down the runway a certain amount, 
there's no runway left to stop. And so you have to pull up. And I was talking to the pilot after, and he explained to me what happened. As they were going to take off, he was just about to reach the point on the runway where there's, you have to pull up. A warning light went off, and he had to make a split-second decision, and he shut the plane down. I mean, I didn't know this. I'm sitting in my seat, and the brakes got hit so hard, it was just kind of whoa! And this thing locked up, and everybody went straight into the seat in front of him. No one had a chance to assume any positions. People started to scream because this, this, this sound of this plane, and at some point, I don't know where, where they reverse the engines and they roar, it sounded like we were about to have a massive crash. No one knew what was going on. And I could hear people screaming and crying. And the man beside me, the middle seat was open. He is curled into the fetal position. He's sitting on his seat and he's sobbing. He's, oh, oh my God, my God, my God. He, and he's just doing this. And, and I'm looking at him and there was a peace on me I couldn't manufacture. I know that as I prayed in the spirit every day, that this refreshing, this peace that was always mine, things were fine. And when all of a sudden this plane just stopped and this, this plane was just dead quiet from the front to the back, and you could just hear quietly a few people still sobbing in their seats. They thought they were going to die. The guy beside me looks at me and he goes, we almost died. And I don't know why I just spoke up. I said, no. I said, the plane just, no, we almost died. And I said, no. And he looked at me, what do you mean? Why are you so cool? Why are you so calm? And so as we're waiting for the pilot to come on, I had a quick chance to share with them that I knew Jesus and that his peace, and that because I'm on the plane and I believe with long life he will satisfy me, I couldn't go into eternity today. So the plane couldn't crash with me on it. And he happened to be a backslidden Christian. And so we talked again. Now, the pilot came out and told us that it was something to do with the landing gear. Uh, and so he didn't take off. He made up the decision at the last possible second, and they couldn't even move the plane. All of the brakes were frozen, and they tried to drive the plane, and take it, and it wouldn't go. So they had to bring buses out. They got us off the plane. Uh, they got us to another plane uh, to get to our destination, the exact same kind. Sure enough, sitting across from me is this guy, and the middle seat was empty, and now he wanted to know why, with everybody screaming and shocked and freaking out around us, that I just sat there calm and cool. And, I, I, you know, and, and so I shared with him, but I want you to know that here it talks about a refreshing where his peace and his joy is constantly flowing in our lives. And it works in emergencies. And I could tell you emergency after emergency in my world uh, where I could sense the peace of God in my life. And so we know that he refreshes us. Another thing it does, it says here that we give thanks excellently. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 15 to 17, it talks about giving thanks. There's so many times when I just don't know how to praise God anymore, and I'll just pray in my heavenly language and just worship Him. Sometimes I'll, I'll put a melody to it, but you can just sense this flow of worshiping and praising Him. And I find that when I do that, it just builds me up in a phenomenal way, singing and praising God and making melody to Him. I know I'm just so happy, or if I'm not, I get happy just singing and worshiping Him. Also, Romans 5.5, 5, it says, The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit 
I find that, you know, if your life and your marriage and what you do in your career gets lackluster and you, what am I here for? Maybe it's just because the love of God in your life hasn't been refreshed. Did you know that praying in the Spirit causes the love of God to rise up on the inside of you and you begin to love your job, the people, your city, begin to love your body, love your family. It doesn't mean you don't want to bring changes to everything, but you begin to love your spouse and with the love of God, this agape love, it's a God love and you can stir up that love and you can cause it to be poured into your heart and out of your heart um, by praying in the Spirit and being filled with love I mean, when you look at the fruits of the Spirit, I believe those are all the fruits of maintaining your love walk and staying filled with the love. Love makes you joyful. Love makes you peaceful. When you find a guy who comes to work and he's whistling and he's a single guy, you know he's fallen in love. He's met a girl. And this love, this desire for her, it's just caused him to be so happy. And so praying in the Spirit, it causes this. In Romans 8, 26, I'm going to quickly just go through a few of them. Um, it says here that Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray. That as we allow Holy Spirit in our spirit to give us that unction to pray, you're praying the perfect will of God. And so I, that's why I do that a lot, because I don't know the future, but He does. And so praying in the Spirit is a powerful way for you and I. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, He who prays in another language is that he prays mysteries to God. Well, what's the mystery? Well, there is no mystery from God. It's a mystery to you. Your mind is not understanding what this prayer language is praying, but what's interesting is you are praying always the perfect will of God, the best. And if you're thinking and worried about someone, just start praying for them in the Spirit. And he'll know what to be praying for, whether they're in a, almost in an accident or they're being tempted or, or the enemy's trying to do something in their life. When you pray, it's directed by Holy Spirit perfectly to where it is that you really need to be praying about your loved ones, about whatever's going on in your world. And, and I, I, I want to encourage everyone who's listening right now, our time is up. But I could go on and on as we talk about now the nine gifts of the Spirit. As I pray in the Spirit, I find an ease to minister to people and they'll get healed. I find God will show me things about people. You know, I'll be in a coffee shop and I'll just know that man wants to talk. And, you know, there's a huge problem. And so I'll go over there and sit down and just say, hey, you know, you mind if I join you for coffee? And as he begins to talk, you know, I'll sense inside it's about his marriage. And so I'll chat about my wife a little bit. And we're just talking. And, and so, so, so you're married. And then all of a sudden his face will get, he says, my wife's dying in the hospital. One of the guys I spoke with, that story came out of him. She's dying in a hospital just a few blocks away and I'm coming here for coffee. It's interesting, Holy Spirit will show you and show you which direction to talk with people or even which person to go to and speak to. There's times I'll just sense I should call somebody and I'll call them and go, how did you know I needed this phone call so bad, etc." Or where to drive when I'm on my way to work or on my way home. And all of a sudden I feel I should go to a different direction down a different street. and. God is guiding me towards something to, you know, help someone out or to bring a blessing into my life. And uh, so make sure that you understand praying in the Spirit, staying filled with the Spirit has stunning ramifications for your life. And once you do that, your world's going to change. And if you've done that and you've let it just slide away, it's like 
you know, that vessel full of water that's cracked and it just leaked out and you just feel empty even though you're born again in spirit, get back to being filled. Pursue, look through um, the book of Acts. Read the entire book and see how often they were filled and how important being filled with the Spirit was. Praying in the Spirit, they call praying in other tongues in the King James Bible. But look, read it through and through and get a hunger to begin to walk and operate on this planet like Jesus did, he said you should. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about right now and you'd like to, because he died on the cross for you, he paid the price for all of your sin. You don't know what I've done. Too late, He are, Jesus already knew your past. He still knows your future. And Jesus died for all of those sins. All you have to do is accept that price. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Say right now, Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life. I want to be filled with you. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.